The newly elected legislature on Friday inaugurated its Legislative Yuan USA Caucus that promotes friendship between Taiwanese lawmakers and American members of Congress. In attendance was U.S. Deputy Ambassador Jeremy Conforth, Legislative Speaker Han Guoyu, and Vice President-elect Xiaobi Kim. The political significance doesn't just stop with a further warming of Taiwan-U.S. ties. It's also a sign that, compared with past legislatures, there's a new atmosphere of cross-party cooperation. The caucus is jointly headed by DPP lawmaker Wang Dingyu and KMT lawmaker Ke Zhe'en. And a total of 73 legislators from across the political spectrum are taking part. The newly elected Legislative UN on Friday inaugurated its Legislative UN USA caucus. Not only was KMT Legislative Speaker Hung Guo Yu and his deputy Johnny Chiang present, but also American Institute in Taiwan Deputy Director Jeremy Cornforth and Vice President-elect Xiaobi Kim. This was the first time Xiao entered her old stomping grounds, the Legislative UN, since being elected Vice President. The hat I'm wearing today should not be that of Vice President-elect. I come today as a graduate of the 9th Legislative Yuan. That's one of my hats. My second hat is head of the Legislative Yuan USA Caucus for the 9th Legislative Yuan. We've got 113 legislators and 73 are taking part in the Legislative Yuan USA Caucus. This number is really extremely surprising. Each one of you will meet many members of US Congress in the future, and you must welcome them to the Legislative Yuan for a meal. Dining out with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs is colorless, while dining out with the Legislative Yuan is colorful. I will definitely share this with my colleagues when I return, but I must report to caucus members that Ministry of Foreign Affairs banquets are splendid and meaningful affairs. It is the first time for the caucus, which is in its 11th iteration, to have two heads, the DPP's Wang Dingyu and the KMT's Ko Zhe'en. Reports had said that Jiang had originally planned to form the caucus with his party. However, Wang also had the same plans and was set to form the group before him on Thursday. To avoid conflict, the two parties' caucus conveners met for negotiations and decided on the current arrangement. Actually, I invited Ke Zhe'en to serve as deputy chair at the very beginning. There was definitely a negotiating process. It's not about who is fighting for dominance. All sides, each political party, hopes to care about and work for Taiwan-US relations. We must organize and integrate as one, and everyone can work together. According to my understanding, the largest party in the legislature should take on the role of chair. Because it's like this, each and every one of us feel that they should make even greater contributions to Taiwan-U.S. relations. So we can say we've set a precedent. The AIT also hopes to have a counterpart unit. In a break from the past, there's a new atmosphere of cross-party cooperation, starting with the just-formed Legislative UN-USA caucus. President-elect Lai Qingde attended the opening ceremonies of the 23rd World Orchid Conference and the 20th Taiwan International Orchid Show on Friday. After seeing the show, Lai was full of praise for Taiwan's orchids, saying he hoped they could be sold globally in the way the Netherlands sells tulips. This would give farmers more business and boost the economy, he said. Three, two, one! Cutting a birthday cake with the number 20 kicks off the 20th Taiwan International Orchid Show. 
President-elect Lai Ching-de was in attendance and in his opening speech he emphasised he hoped Taiwan's orchids could be just like Dutch tulips, providing income for even more people and creating an even greater economic output value. I hope that Tainan's orchids can be the same as tulips in the Netherlands, providing for even more Taiwanese people and becoming an identification symbol of Taiwan internationally. In addition to the Taiwan International Orchid Show in the government-run Taiwan Orchid Technology Park, the World Orchid Conference will be held in Tainan's International Convention Centre. Tainan Mayor Huang Weizhe voiced hope that the orchid events and the Taiwan Lantern Festival would attract visitors to the city in its 400th anniversary. All these events happening together can make Tainan even better and more fun. Owing to the joint showing of these two major orchid events, this year visitor numbers are expected to exceed 200,000. This year, Tainan turns 400, and our orchid show during the day and lantern festival at night, along with the Yuejin Lantern Festival, all complement each other. So I believe it is a reasonable estimate to see upward of 200,000 people this year. The orchid show with the theme of Orchid Together covers Taiwanese orchids from many angles. Conservation, history, culture, academic research and daily life applications. Together with the lantern shows, Tainan is a must-visit for flower lovers. The shares of U.S. tech company NVIDIA have reached a record high after posting outstanding figures at the company's fourth quarter earnings call. The boost has led a rally in the U.S. stock market and also in Taiwan. During the trading session on Friday, the TIEX surpassed 19,000 points for the first time ever. Taiwan shares ultimately settled to close 36 points up at 18,889 on turnover of 443.9 billion NT. Let's hear from an analyst. The whole world is looking at NVIDIA's financial reports. Now that the figures are out, they corroborate that AI is a trend that will drive explosive growth this year. So that establishes AI shares as a foundation for the future, as they are expected to stay strong. The Taiwan stock market now has 14 companies with shares valued at more than 1,000 NT, and there are more and more firms with shares above 500 NT. What that means is that rich people are all staying in the market. If they don't flee, then the market is safe. Of course, in the end, we'd still have to look at trends for foreign capital. The analyst says it is normal for the market to pull back after hitting the 19,000-point mark and enter a phase of volatility as it consolidates. Whether the market will continue rising to reach the 20,000-point mark remains to be seen. Severe air pollution in India's capital city, which has failed to improve despite efforts, is prompting a small but growing number of people to leave New Delhi to escape the health hazards posed by dirty air. Many are relocating to the western coastal city of Goa, which has witnessed an influx of so-called pollution migrants. Voice of America's Anjana Pastricha has more. Prashant Kalra relocated from Delhi to the western coastal city Goa five years ago because the city's dirty air was making his then three-year-old daughter sick. Our daughter couldn't breathe in Delhi NCR because she needed a nebulizer every night just to go to sleep. NCR refers to Delhi and surrounding districts. Kalra is among a small but growing number of people quitting that urban sprawl 
as two decade-long efforts fail to clean up the toxic smog that shrouds it every winter. Most are heading to Goa, a popular holiday destination that has become a magnet for so-called pollution migrants from Delhi. For this couple, the trigger for moving two years ago was their daughter's persistent cough. She got put on an inhaler and also the nebulizer. When, that is when I realized that it's the air. Delhi's pollution is caused by a mix of construction dust, vehicular emissions and burning of crop residue. Doctors say every winter brings a steady stream of patients affected by the air quality. Exposure long time to high pollutants obviously affects everybody's health. The numbers leaving Delhi have accelerated since the COVID-19 pandemic, which gave the flexibility to work from different locations. When I moved to Goa, I didn't know anybody else, right? Uh, now, in the span of two years, I know probably 20 people who moved here for the same reason. Moving out of Delhi is a choice available only to a few. But the trend underscores that cleaning up India's mega cities will be one of the country's biggest challenges, as the government sets an ambitious goal of making India a developed nation by 2047. Anjana Pasricha, VOA News, New Delhi. Qimei Museum in Tainan will play host to a blockbuster art exhibition in May. The masterpieces from the National Gallery London exhibition will bring 52 masterpieces of Western art to Taiwan. The National Gallery is the UK's most prestigious art museum and has an encyclopedic collection of important Western paintings. This show will display original works by Van Gogh, Rembrandt and Raphael in front of Taiwanese audiences. Early bird tickets go on sale on March 1st. The huge news has rocked the art world, once again establishing Qimei Museum as a hot topic for fans of Western art. It's being called the biggest exhibition of Western art in Taiwan. From Raphael to Van Gogh, masterpieces from the National Gallery London is coming to Qimei Museum. The show only opens on May 2nd, but the countdown has already begun for many art lovers. They're all some of the most famous artists in history, and they're all original works. So there are 50 artists in total and 52 works of art. Unlike past exhibitions which have focused on a single great master, masterpieces from the National Gallery will lead visitors on a journey from the Renaissance all the way to the Impressionists, laying out the essential developments of Western art over more than 400 years. The exhibition will cover 400 years, from the Renaissance all the way to the Impressionists in the 19th century, so visitors will be able to see an overview of Western painting across 400 years. High Renaissance artist Raphael Rembrandt, the Dutch master of light, Impressionist superstar Van Gogh, 52 masterpieces will go on show at Qimei, which has been chosen by the National Gallery as its sole partner museum in Taiwan. It's also the last stop in the exhibition's tour of Asia. After they are shown here in Taiwan, all the work will return to the National Gallery because it needs to go back there for the gallery's bicentenary. A limited number of early bird tickets will go on sale on March 1st, but there's already huge buzz around the exhibition. Art lovers can't wait to get to Tainan. 
TSMC Chair Mark Liu and CEO CC Wei have landed in Japan ahead of the inauguration of the chipmaker's plant in Kumamoto. The ceremony is set to take place on Saturday afternoon and be attended by VIPs, including Japan Prime Minister Kishida Fumio and Japan Minister of Economy Ken Saito. Let's hear from some local officials. TSMC's fab is a huge investment in Kumamoto and in Japan. It's something unprecedented in history. The second plant is expected to have an economic effect of 10 trillion yen. The annual GDP of Kumamoto will hit 2.4 trillion yen. TSMC's fab in Kumamoto is set to hold its inauguration ceremony on Saturday morning. TSMC has captured front-page headlines in local newspapers, saying its second fab in the prefecture could be granted up to 730 billion yen in subsidies. The first fab is set to start producing chips at the 12, 16 and 28 nanometer scale this year. Earlier this month, TSMC announced construction on its second fab, which is expected to start by the end of the year. The second plant is expected to introduce more advanced processes. The first fab has a subsidy of 436 billion yen, and the second plant, 730 billion yen. The Japanese government is fully backing the projects to boost industry growth as well as tourism and consumption. One of Taiwan's biggest celebrations for the Lantern Festival is the Yanshui Beehive Fireworks Festival in Tainan. This year, 400 fireworks pavilions loaded with explosives will be lit up during the multi-day pyrotechnic extravaganza. A local temple leader says more than 200,000 people are expected to visit Yanshui for the festival. Tainan Mayor Huang Weizhe, lawmakers and councillors assume their positions to inaugurate the Yanshui Beehive Fireworks Festival with a bang. The strings of firecrackers reach up to a gate suspended in the sky, symbolizing success. And with that, the two-day festival kicks off, starting with a parade. The Yanshui Beehive Fireworks Festival will have 400 firework pavilions to celebrate 400 years since the founding of Tainan. Every pavilion has undergone safety inspections. They have to pass the certification before they get set alight. A parade with gods and sedan chairs streams out from the temple as fireworks go off at every pavilion it passes by. Many thrill-seekers took part in the event in the morning. Readied with helmets, coats, jeans and thick cloths, they stepped into the explosive extravaganza. I come every year because my grandma is from Yanshui. We'll be setting off fireworks from Saturday evening all the way to about 4 or 5 a.m. on Sunday. I think that combined with the Yuejin Lantern Festival, at least 200,000 people will visit Yanshui for the Beehive Fireworks Festival. 
This year, the parades will run along five routes, and revelers can scan the QR codes provided to see where the procession is located at any time. The main event will take place on Saturday night at the sports field at Yanshui Junior High School. There, four firework pavilions will be set off at the same time for a pyrotechnic show to never forget. National Zhengzhou University's Election Study Center has released the results of its annual poll on Taiwanese identity. The results show that more than 61% of respondents identify solely as Taiwanese, marking the fourth year in a row above 60%. The number of people who identify solely as Chinese was 2.4%, the lowest figure since polling started in 1992. In addition, about 32% identified as both Taiwanese and Chinese. Now for fans of Taiwan's wild landscapes. Employees of the Forestry and Nature Conservation Agency in Jiayi are celebrating. They caught close-up footage of a Formosan black bear eating its lunch by a river. Now the footage is the best of its kind for the Jiayi branch office. It's the result of a new project placing infrared cameras across Jiayi and Tainan. Other cameras have caught rare glimpses of many wild animals like bears, deer and martens. A Formosan black bear stands on some boulders by the side of this river, guzzling on a fresh catch. When it's full, it bounds nimbly away across the water. This footage was taken at Nanja Sien River by an employee of the Jiayi branch of the Forestry and Nature Conservation Agency. Colleagues are still cooing over it. We've never had such close-up footage before. Normally, we just see traces of the bears or excrement, nothing so close up, or eating food like this. Black bears are extremely wary of humans. The branch has installed automatic infrared cameras in the mountains of Jiayi in Tainan to monitor the movements of wild animal populations and collect footage. They've captured wild boar hunting for food, two small bears, yellow-throated martens gathering to drink from a pond, a sambar deer wallowing in mud, and a curious Reeves muntjac staring into the lens. Uh, We've recorded some very diverse footage of animals and even very cute images. This allows us to understand trends in the dispersal of animal populations and draw up our conservation strategies. These precious images also reveal the successes of past conservation projects. But experts are keen to stress that if you visit the mountains and happen to come upon a similar scene, never give a bear cause for alarm. If you meet a black bear in the wild, you must stay calm. Don't raise your voice. Keep facing the bear and slowly back away out of its line of sight and then escape from the area. The agency also notes that if you come across a wild animal, don't touch it, don't disturb it and don't feed it. Three don'ts. But do make sure you take away any food you take into the wild to avoid causing any damage to the mountain. Well, the Lantern Festival weekend is set to be a cold one in many areas of Taiwan. Low temperatures in central and northern Taiwan could dip to a chilly 13 degrees on Saturday and Sunday. According to the Central Weather Administration, the cold is not expected to ease up until next Wednesday. Workers shake a tray with glutinous rice flour to wrap up bowls of fillings. People stand in line to buy a serving of these round lantern festival treats. 
I've been in line for about half an hour. I like the jujube paste and the mung bean ones. The Lantern Festival is on Saturday and it's set to be a cold one in the north as northeasterly winds blow in. On Friday, daily lows hit 11.2 degrees in New Taipei's Fugui Cape and Shimen District and 14.3 degrees in Taipei. On Saturday and Sunday, lows in central and northern Taiwan will linger at around 13 or 14 degrees. In other areas, they'll remain at about 16 to 18 degrees. On the night from the 25th to the 26th, more cold air will sweep in, bringing temperatures down. They'll be especially low in central and northern Taiwan. So lows could dip to between 11 and 14 degrees on the 26th and the days before and after. The weekend could get chilly. Lows in the north could be 1 to 2 degrees lower than now. Over in central and southern Taiwan, warm weather is expected during the daytime, but with big temperature swings to lower temps at night. Precipitation is also in the forecast for the weekend, as weather in central and northern Taiwan turns cold and wet. Today and over the weekend, the rainy areas are Jilung and the north coast, the east coast and the greater Taipei area. These places may see brief localised showers. By Monday and Tuesday, the wet weather will intensify and spread to other areas in the north, as well as mountainous areas in central and southern Taiwan, which may see scattered showers. The wet conditions will taper off from Wednesday. Northeasterly winds are picking up strength, bringing big waves to coastal areas and outlying islands. The cold will linger until Wednesday, so remember to wrap up warm if you're heading out.